Phoenix, and welcome into the Forte Catholic. I am your host, Taylor Schroll, and I am joined by the masked wonder, Father Anthony Sharapa, who is so PC, because that's what we think of when we think of Father Anthony Sharapa, that he's wearing a mask when he's the only person in the room, because he is currently 2,112 miles away from me. Welcome into the show, Father. Uh, uh, thank you. Thank you. Well, first of all, better safe than sorry. I care about your health. Second of all, what, what was that intro? Right. <laughs> what what happened? <laughs> what do you mean? Where was the where was the what's up? What was you did did you say ahoy? What did you what, what were the words you said? I used lots of greetings and salutations. <laughs> yeah, you did. I'm still I am taken aback by this. I, I asked you right before we hit record if you had listened to last week's episode because you like I don't assume it of my co-host, but mm. you are the best co-host at listening to the episodes. You mm. actually care, and uh, no one else does. Yeah. Uh, so you listen to the other shows, but you, you actually told me you're like, "Hey, I'm actually driving because you made an error that we could talk about where you have to drive for the next two hours, yes. uh, and you're going to listen to the show." And last week's show, I, I was like, "You know what I'm going to do." I'm going to do something different. And I just started the show to, and I was like, I'm going to just be creative with the intro for a little while and see what happens. Um, and because there's been this tradition, I have yelled that intro right. since episode 11. Mm-hmm. We're currently on 196. Woo! So I wanted to try something different. What do you think? Oh, it's terrible. I want everyone listening now to, like, you know, if you're driving, pull over, start tweeting at Taylor, get on all of his social media, and tell him to stop this. Because well, this is a terrible thing. idea. Here's the thing. Right. People have been tweeting at me to stop yelling for three years. See? That's what I like about you. Because you kept doing it. I it's did the one keep thing doing I, it. I can't count on a lot. Parish life is insane. Things change all the time. But when I turn on your podcast, I'm going to hear what's up, and I feel I feel like something in my life is consistent. And now you've broken that, and I am not a fan. Right, you're very Catholic. You very much like tradition. Absolutely. Even, when the, even, even when those, the dumb ones. Even the dumb, small tree traditions Especially that make people ones. angry. Mm. So here's here's where this came from. I'm just going to be open and honest for a little while. Um, I've said on the podcast the last two weeks that two weeks ago was the first time ever that the show didn't have a five-star rating on, on Apple Podcasts. And it's because people people keep trolling me. And yeah. no one's writing anything, but there are multiple people just going and giving the show a one or two star. And Amazing. it makes me so angry. Like, you have no idea. So, like, I keep asking people because, like, that stuff, like, it's dumb, but it actually matters. Like, pe- matter. if, if, if people are going to come across a show and they see that it's not five star, they're probably not going to subscribe. And they, they don't really even have a reason why. So some people do it as a joke. And it's, it's mean. And I like jokes, but some jokes are just mean. Like, this actually messes with... Not just like my feelings, but it actually messes with like how I support my family, and it makes right. me mad. Yeah, yeah. Um, two things. I was like, one, some people don't like the yelling, and they've told me they're never going to listen to the yelling. Now, for three years, people have said that, and I was like, you know what? If you don't like me, take it or leave it. Fine. But then I was like, you know what? I don't want to lose listeners just because they don't like that one thing. Like literally, it's it's four seconds, and if you're not going to listen to an hour show because of four seconds. I'm going to just troll people for a while. I don't know if it'll come back. I don't know. Like, but I did it last week, I, 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 like last week's show, and uh, no one said anything. <laughs> so it made me think no one really cares all that much except for you. <laughs> so here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yelling is not all that you are, Taylor, but it is an important part, okay? I can still yell. It just doesn't <laughs> yes. have to be at the intro. <laughs> 
But the people that don't like that intro, they're bad people, and you don't want them listening to your podcast. You want quality listeners. The people who like that, yo, I don't those care are the about the quality the... of my listeners. I just want more. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about quantity, not quality. Mm, mm. I understand that. I think we come from two different uh, podcasting motivations. I mean, there's one similar motivation that we want to you know, spread the gospel in some way. No, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. What? If you, you're such a hypocrite. If you okay. believed everything that you're saying to me right now, uh-huh. you would have never canceled the flu. <laughs> no. So <laughs> People oh, have no idea what that is. People have no idea what you're talking about. It doesn't matter. It's just for me. No. The show's all for me. I can yell or not if I don't I want I didn't to. cancel that because random people didn't like it. I canceled it because people who I actually care about didn't care for it. I loved it. It's the greatest thing you've ever done. <laughs> I also got bored. It was like a, it was a short gimmick. You couldn't, you couldn't. There's only so many times I can yell about how great my own tweets are, which was the entire premise of that 15 minute long show. And Nick and I, my brother, we did it as a joke. It ran its course, and that's it. No, so it did I am not, run not its a hypocrite. Course. There are I, ten more episodes at least. In the no, they're not. Stop <laughs> lying to your people. Okay, so uh, you don't like it, and it's cool. No, no matter like uh, what, <laughs> this is just another instance of everything that's happened over the last three months. No matter what I do, half the people are gonna hate it. So, <laughs> so you have a small idea of what it's like to be a priest. Oh, uh, you want? Uh, here's here's. I'll let you choose. Okay. Do you want to talk about how dumb you are, or how bad of a person I am? Whoa! There's great content for both. Um, <laughs> But I feel like you just called me a hypocrite very loudly on your show. So let's let's ha- hear what what's going on with you. Okay. Have you ever had God like clearly speak to you and it made you super angry? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yes, yes, I have. Do you, like, is there one off the top of your head that you could think of? Yep. Okay. Be be re- be ready to share that uh, possibly because I'm going to share mine. Okay. Yesterday I was driving. And here was the plan. It was it was uh it was uh po- my family and I were going to go to this park. We we're going to walk around for an hour and catch Pokemon. It's a weekly thing we do. Right. Same night of the week, same time. It's a Pokemon thing that people don't wouldn't understand. Whatever. We go from six to seven on this specific day. All right. So we're driving up there. I have plans to go work out on the way home. This park is pretty close to my gym. So I'm driving in my little car. That is a is older than everyone that's currently in high school. It's it's a super old car that literally every time I drive it, I think it's going to fall apart, and I'm gonna have to like push it like the Flintstones, like literally yeah, yeah, yeah. cut a hole in the bottom and just run. Uh, my wife is in the nice car, 2010 Honda Odyssey. Uh, it was gifted to us. Great car. We love it. Uh, we're driving down the road, and uh, my wife calls me. She's like, she's behind me. I can like kind of see her. We we exit off of the like the on ramp, like the on ramps or whatever, the little side roads off the highway. Yeah. I, I know I said exit off the on ramp, but I don't know what it's called. Off ramp? Yeah, know. yeah. Obviously, <laughs> this is not a hard. Yeah, it's the off ramp. Uh, so we're driving down there, and then she calls me, freaking out. She's like, "The car's not working," and I'm like, "What do you mean the car's not working?" And so I'm like, "Okay, just get to the park, and and we'll fix it." And what does she do? She pulls off on the side of the on off ramp, and it makes it impossible for me to get to. So, like, this is literally the longest turnaround in town. It mm-hmm. takes me ten minutes to right. like. We were twenty seconds apart. It takes me ten minutes to get back to her. Um, the battery's dead, and 
the way the way she parked. I love this woman. The way she parked made it impossible. Like there was, it made it impossible for me to get next to the car to yeah, jump. Yeah. I, I, so I'm I'm so upset. Like I can't tell you how much I I was upset. I said a lot of things that I shouldn't under my breath. I said a few things that I shouldn't over my breath. Is that mm-hmm. a is that like the on and off ramp is over uh, under and over? Does that work? <laughs> no, not really. But we get what you're saying. It's, it works. Cool. Uh, oi! <laughs> oi! So, <laughs> Salutations and welcome. So I get back over there. I can't jump it. I'm just like, <laughs> you know. And then wait, what were you like? Ah, so, yes. uh, I, 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 we finally like. I have, I have her put it in neutral, and I literally push the van. So I didn't get that. Uh, spoiler alert! I didn't end up going to the gym, but I pushed the van by myself. Yeah, so. that's pretty cool. Okay, yeah, that so, counts. Uh, Finally got it to where it needed to. Needed to jump it. it the, the battery was so dead that it took like 15 minutes for it to even start. The yeah. car started. Can you guess what happened next? Uh, um, the car started and then exploded. No. Uh, okay, that would good. be terrible because I yeah. would be dead. Um, <laughs> it, st- it literally stopped. And it was the weirdest thing. The ca- The engine kept running, but yeah. the entire car shut off other than the engine. And I was like, how does that even happen? <laughs> I don't know how cars work, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> so it takes another 15, 20 minutes trying to jump it. It does the same thing. So finally, I'm like, I leave my kids and my wife. Like, it's, it's, it's in a parking lot off of this side of the road, and it's it's 1,000 degrees in Texas because it's in the middle of the afternoon. So they, they go sit under a tree. I leave. I go to the car place, get a new battery, and um, while I'm there... I'm just I'm just fuming. Like I haven't listened to angry rap in a long time because I'm trying to be a better person. All I did was listen to angry rap the whole way there. I was so upset <laughs> at everything and everyone. Yeah. Right. Uh, I get to the the car place, and uh, I, I'm I, I needed a battery and then the tools to replace a battery from far away because I was parked in the middle of nowhere. So I buy that. The total was $150.20. There's a reason I bring this up, because this is how God talked to me. It was with the that exact number. My favorite verse in the Bible is from Genesis, which is uh, which book in the Bible? That's the first one. It's the first one. So the number one, right? Uh, the, the My chapter and verse that I love is from a story of Joseph and his brothers, where he's forgiving his brothers. Uh, it's, mm. like, it's, it's that reconciliation moment. Yeah. And, and he says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Like the, the things that, that, you know, selling him into slavery, all that stuff. God used their evil and meant it for good. I spent $150.20. One, 50-20. First book of the Bible, 50th chapter, 20th verse. Okay. I get it. And I'm just like, God? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so uh, angry right now and I don't want to think about you. I'm I'm really upset. I don't want to be happy. I don't want to see you in this moment. I just want to sit in my anger. Mm. And so I do. And then I'm angry for a while and I yeah. go over to the car. It takes me, you know, 10, 15 minutes to change out the battery. Right. I'm still listening to the angry rap. We finally the car starts. Okay. I get in the car. I have to drive the old battery back to the car shop where I just went from, where I just went to. So my son's with me because all of my family doesn't fit in my little car. Yeah, so yeah. my son's with me in the van. We drive over uh, to the car shop, and on the drive over there, I'm still listening to the angry rap. And then finally, like the the one, like it, I start to calm down. I'm like, okay, God, 
I see you in the midst of this moment. I see you in the midst of this very frustrating thing. We didn't, like, everyone's upset. I'm super angry. My wife's upset. Uh, Chris, is, my son, is super upset because we didn't get to go catch Pokemon. There's a new Pokemon that came out. We were all going to get it. We couldn't get it. We still haven't gotten it. Like, he's upset and doesn't really understand what's going on. Everyone's upset. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, fine, God. I see you in this moment. So I turn back on the, the, uh, the Catholic podcast that I'm listening to. As I'm driving, uh, the, like I'm listening to the Catholic podcast, I get over to the car shop, and even though I'm listening to the Catholic podcast, like the, the anger and the frustration starts to rush back. As I'm hearing that, I hear this story of a saint I had never heard of. Have you ever heard of St. Catherine of Egypt? No. I hadn't either. So literally, literally yesterday was the first time I heard about her. Uh, she was... Uh, it doesn't matter. She's a cool saint. Go look her up. But I'm learning. <laughs> Very holy. The- <laughs> lived in Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, up on Mount Sinai, uh, like her body, her remains are up at the top of Mount Sinai. Cool. That's cool. We go and we drop it off at the car shop. And then I start stressing out. So I'm stressing out about money, like not the 150, 20, but like like all the stuff the ca- the car is going to need work on. I'm stressing out about money, and I you know like switched jobs three months ago. It's like money's still just kind of stressful, and I start getting really upset again. And then I get in, I had to call call an Uber. So my son and I get an Uber, which is a strange experience for him. He's like, why are we getting into this man's car? We don't know. <laughs> he's like, I thought this is what we weren't supposed to do. <laughs> uh, it was just very strange. And he's like, why aren't we going to catch Pokemon? He's very confused. Right. And I, 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 I kind of had some time to just like sit and quiet. And so the anger and the frustration came back. And I was like, I'm still mad, God, at, not at you, but at the whole situation. And then I get in the car. Can you guess what country my driver was from? Egypt? Egypt. He's from okay. Egypt. He, in he Texas. Had, in Texas, yeah. He got, uh, he, he got very lost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, his, his son's got a school here. He got a green card. was able to live here. Really cool. cool. Uh, we, got, we got to talk the whole time. I, I was like, he says he's from Egypt. At first, he's like, he, he says hello, and he sounds like he's from here. Yeah. And then about 30 seconds later, he starts talking completely differently. He says, oh, oh you know, I'm not going to do the accent, but he says in his very thick Egyptian accent, uh, I'm glad you appreciated my Texan accent. I was like, yeah, I mean, you sounded like you're from here. And then he sounds very <laughs> Egyptian, right? That's so he cool, just play, yeah. played a joke and it was really funny. <laughs> and so I start smiling, right? Yeah. And we're having this great conversation about him and how he came to America and all this stuff. And then I was like, you know, God, <laughs> I just heard Genesis 1 in this mm-hmm. frustrating thing. And the one thing I've heard about God in the last hour and a half is about this new saint from Egypt. And I'm never, I'm never the person, when I'm traveling, when I'm stuck with, I've talked about this, when I'm traveling on a plane, I'm never talking about Jesus. I don't want to deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) But in the car, I'm like, okay, I'm going to bring it up. I was like, ironically enough, like literally 10 minutes ago, I just heard about a new saint from Egypt. And, and he was like, uh, he was like, who was it? And I was like, it's well, St. St. Catherine of Egypt. He said, oh, I've been there. He Hmm. said that uh, in the morning you start at, at, at 4 a.m. And you and if you start at 4 a.m., you'll get to the top of Mount Sinai at 10 a.m. And then, oh, then they, they they have this whole it's it's the largest uh, what did he say the oldest monastery I think he said in the world or in Egypt I can't remember I think it was the I mean, whole world it's but probably it close you know yeah so like up on the top of Mount Sinai it would make sense right like old, old place well renowned right. well well known place from a long time ago in Christ in Judaism and Christianity so. He's like, I've been there and I loved it. It's beautiful. Like it just feels like a very holy place and a very spiritual place because it's it's old and there's tradition and, and there's, you know, she's she's there. And I was just like, really, God? <laughs> really? 
You haven't talked to me in months, and the point you decide to talk to me is when I'm super upset when I go to a car shop, and it's the dumb amount of money that I had to pay. And then my Uber driver, I'm having to take an Uber because I'm frustrated that my car isn't working. And he's from Egypt, who's the same I just said. I was so mad. <laughs> and also laughing. And God is it. silly. <laughs> I love that God trolled you. It's, uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. He very much did. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there, there are so many times where I'm just like, you know, a- after I sin or after something goes bad, that I, I just don't want God to be any part of my life. Like, you know, for an hour or for a few minutes. And he just, he just absolutely just, he's like, you know what, Taylor, it doesn't matter what you want. I'm showing up and I'm going to be there. And it, wow. I think I got out of my anger a lot faster. Not fast, but faster than no. I would have. Good. I'm glad. All right. What's your story about being mad at God whenever he talked to you? <laughs> oh yeah. I was in the high school and I was dating a girl and then God was like, you should be a priest. And I was like, that's a terrible idea. Why would I ever do that? Priests don't, you don't become a priest. Priest simply exists. But I uh, warmed up to the idea, and it turned out to be pretty great. <laughs> you sure did, which uh, actually leads me perfectly into the next thing that I wanted to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a question that I just randomly thought about. I was listening to love songs. Uh, there's, a, there's a new uh, – uh, what, what are they called? I wanted to say Shane and Shane, but that's a – no, Dan and Shay. There you go. Shane and yeah. Shane's the Christian one. Dan and Shay. I love the new album, Super Super Summer. We were on vacation listening to all these uh, country love songs, and you texted me as I'm listening to it. I'm like mm-hmm. – are priests allowed to listen to love songs? Is this like, and then I was like, not only are you allowed, but like, do you? Because I feel like that would be strange. What mm-hmm. is your relationship with love songs, Father Anthony? Well, I mean, we're allowed to uh, listen to love songs. We're just not allowed to have emotions. And when we get ordained, <laughs> those get removed. And we, so it doesn't matter what we listen to because it doesn't affect us all. No. Is uh, that what grace is? The removal of emotions? <laughs> super no. Okay, right. Okay. Um, no, 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 no. Uh, you know, um, yeah, absolutely you can. And I think, like, if you don't have – here's the thing. If if you are a priest and you don't see – I'm not? Uh, if I'll, I'll flip it on you for a second. If you're a priest and you don't see how good marriage is, if there's not a part of you that says that's a beautiful thing, uh, then you've got something wrong with your heart. You know, if you're a Catholic guy and you're like, I, you know, you see no beauty or no goodness in the priesthood, then there's something wrong with your heart. If you're a woman and you are like utterly horrified at the idea of religious life and see no worth or beauty in it, there's something wrong with your heart. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I listen to uh, love songs. <laughs> Recently, I've been listening to like a lot of podcasts for the last few years. Um, uh, and listening Recently to like emo- for the past few years No one's ever said re- That's how you know you're getting old You just said yeah, recently I, for the past Because that's few what it years. feels like Because most of my life I listen to music And the last, like, I don't know, four years I listen to podcasts And that feels like no time at all Yikes uh, But yeah, absolutely Because, um, I mean, one, good music is is good music And if, especially if the lyrics are good And getting at some kind of truth about love That's interesting uh, And sometimes you just want to, you know Let yourself just feel feelings. Just listen to some. I turn on some emo music. Sometimes I want to feel sad. Let's listen to some sad music. Sometimes I'm I'm uh, angry. Let's listen to some angry music. You know that stuff is fine. Yeah, uh, angry th- love songs. Those are the best. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes though. Like breakup songs and stuff. Absolutely, <laughs> love it. Yeah, yeah, breakup songs should be the only songs you're listening yes, to. Exactly. Those are the only ones but that are allowed. On, on like on a serious note, I think just like uh, I think we all have to be aware of what's going on in our own hearts, right? Uh, because you feel stuff, you feel emotions. That's fine, and that's normal. But um, you have thirty-two percent blockage. 
right? You have to see how <laughs> you have to make sure that the valves are clear. You don't get, you know, heart disease, but also you have to um, make sure, like, how am I reacting to these things, right? You know, am I, if I'm listening to this kind of music and it, all it's doing is making me feel lonely and getting me into a dark place, like a really dark place, like, you should stop doing that. You should go talk to someone. You Doctor, go it hurts sure when I do this. We'll stop yeah. doing that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but if you just listen to a music that, uh, kind of music that you like and appreciate, yeah, that's fine. Oh, good. I'm very proud of you. I, I, you answered it so well because the way I was thinking about it was just like everything else that's going on in our culture these days where yeah. if you do it, it's bad. If you don't do it, it's bad. And you articulated very well that it's uh, it's probably that, but there's a very fine line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our first segment. Uh, whenever we come back, we're going to be with uh, two people that I absolutely look up to. Uh, this is a, a kind of a dream come true for me to talk to them. Uh, so don't go anywhere. It'll be a nice little surprise for you. Well, dang it, friends. I forgot to record commercials with Father Anthony. But who needs them anyway? I'm going to do them all by myself. We're about to hit a couple of milestones over on the social media, and I would love to have you just join us for uh, the rest of the week. You know, the show comes out once a week, but all throughout the week, I live on social media and this room. But those are the two places that I live. So on Instagram, over at Taylor Schroll, S-C-H-R-O-L-L, we're about to hit 5,000 followers over there. That's very exciting. Uh, you can be one of those few people. Over on Twitter, uh, we've got at Taylor Schroll and at Forte Catholic. And over on Facebook, the Forte Catholic account is about to hit 1,000 followers as well. So uh, if you are not connected with us yet, you can come see the whole rest of my life and not just this craziness I do while locked in this room. Enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. And Father Anthony, I am very, very excited about our dual guest today. Right. Two guests, yeah. which is not, not usually a thing. So we have uh, four talking heads, and uh, the two of them look way better than, than you or I do. That's so uh, I've been a huge fan of CCO. Uh, for those in America, we like to call it Canadian Focus. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what, uh, what the leaders of it here have to say. So Andre and Angel Renier are here today with us. Um, from their vacation, from summer vacation, welcome on to the show. We had to like jump out of the pool and like brush our hair and try to make stiffy. Although I'm I'm sporting the the summer vacation look right now, so um. You are. I did notice that between, like, usually the the wife always looks better than the husband. That's just a rule that God made that we can't break that rule. And you are like, you're wearing like it looks like you just went fishing, and your lovely wife there looks like she can go into a business meeting like right now. So she cleaned up very well from the pool. <laughs> well, now you know who gets her real work done. You know, mm -hmm. one is, yeah, I do everything yes, pretty much. Exactly. <laughs> I just look good. Yeah. <laughs> I well, well we, we literally just said that she looks better, and then you said that she does all the work. So what really do you bring to the table, Andre? Well, yeah. <laughs> In my head here, I've got a whole dialogue happening here. <laughs> Very good, very good. Well, I, I got to tell you a little bit before we before we hit record here that I've been a huge fan of CCO. Here I am in in Southern Texas, and I found uh, I found out what CCO was because actually when I was up, uh, we got all the connections. Father Anthony's a priest in Pittsburgh. I was right down the road in Steubenville, Ohio. 
and I got invited to a, a men's Bible study. And they were using this discovery series from CCO. And I was like, what is CCO? And I went through this Bible study series. And I've worked in youth ministry for over a decade. And you know, I've had all kind of resources thrown at me. And most of them, I'm like, either... I don't like them or it's like, you know, this is good, but I could do a similar thing. Right. And then I got the CCO series and I was like, this is way better than anything I've ever done or anything that I could come up with. And again, uh, Andre, Andre, I, 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 for many, many years, I just connected CCO with you. I got to meet you very briefly a couple of years ago. And then you also told me that your wife wrote that series. So uh, like, again, I'm like, come on, Andre, what's going on here? What? <laughs> Speak up a little louder because I'm not here. Uh, that's not something anyone's ever accused me of. Is speaking quietly, <laughs> but no, really, we're, we're we're joking. But I, I, I've been a huge fan of what CCO does, um, and especially just discipleship series. You also have a new book that just came out. But uh, I, I first want to just kind of get to know the two of you. So, uh, how how did uh, first of all, Andre, the 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 thing that you won is you tricked that lovely woman into marrying you. So how did you how did you guys meet, and then how did you guys start CCO? Well, I happened to be sporting this little outfit here, and she was uh, no um. <laughs> Wait, this is important though, <laughs> because if you only hear the podcast. If you only hear the podcast, you need to check out the YouTube video because it's a great shirt. It really it is. is. It's, it's an underrated. It's amazing. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. But... Uh, well, actually, um, I mean, it's a, it's a story about how Angela and I met. Um, it's uh, I think it really speaks of God's providence, uh, what he wanted to accomplish um, using both of us to accomplish something, which I believe is so important right now is is to bring back those wandering Catholics back into the church. And one thing that's unique about CCO is that we are both founders. Um, that usually don't see that where the husband and wife are founders. Um, but we, we both bring, we brought to the table. I really, again, I think it's, I believe it's Providence. Angèle brought, brings something to the table. I bring something to the table. You probably can tell right now what I bring to the table. But, um, <laughs> And, and so it, um, it, it really was something back in 1987, uh, Angela and I met at a conference and we hit it off. But at that conference, uh, there is um, a passage of scripture that was spoken of. The whole conference is around something St. Paul said in Philippians chapter 1, verse 18. He says, all that matters to me is that Jesus be proclaimed. That is what brings me joy. Well, that's what our whole movement is um, built upon. When we heard those words, it was almost like God was speaking directly to both of us for the rest of your life, Andre and Anshad, this is what's going to matter. Jesus be proclaimed. That is what's going to bring you joy. And so the whole movement is very um, evangelical in nature, uh, Catholic evangelical, that we're really wanting to bring people back into a relationship with Jesus. And I think that's the discovery study that you're talking about is really trying to bring that together. You know, proclaim that message in a clear and simple way that Jesus is God, he is savior, and he's welcome, He's inviting us to be in a relationship with us. And that's, that's our story. 
That's great. Yeah, and it's uh, discipleship has been this buzzword for for you know five, six, seven years within the church. And I learned all these things about discipleship, and I was like, okay, uh, I, I want to be one, and I want to make one, and I kept looking for how, and everybody was just saying discipleship is great, and we should all do it. I'm like, uh, okay, <laughs> like what do I do? And then I found I found y'all series, and I'm like, that's what it is. It's it, it's a Bible study series that you can walk through in in weeks or months or like I did it with with a group of teens at my church, and like we would get through like half of a session and we would talk for an hour and a half you know we just pick up where we left off the next week and and some of those groups i mean that group of kids is just continuing to live their faith now and and it was just it's it's the best resource that i've ever found for for bible study for for young adults and and then some maybe even some of those those older teens so y'all not only did y'all create this this great ministry essentially helping helping college students uh, and and young adults continue to grow in their faith at a time where or where a lot of them are are leaving but y'all also started a family and y'all wrote a book recently about um the, the little ministry that y'all started there at home with with the five the five members or the seven members with the two of you um and y'all wrote a book uh, called brick by brick building a strong fa- uh, just building a strong family that won't lose their faith in a secular culture so here y'all are like one, y'all are very successful in the ministry aspect of helping young people grow in their faith, but you've also have five kids who not only are, are are going to mass and living their Catholic life, but they've also been all five of them are missionaries. So you've done something right, Andre. I know we've been very we've been very kind to your wife today, but you must have done something right as well. <laughs> so why don't y'all introduce the book to us? <laughs> well, having done campus ministry for over thirty years. Um, we had our alumni who are now raising their own family. Their own children are going to university. So, you know, that's oh, wow. really making us feel old. But they were coming to us and saying, like, how did you do that with your kids? And at first we kind of just, you know, pushed them away and said, I don't know. Like, I don't even know if it's going to stick. Like, I, they're doing good, but let's hope they keep doing well. But um, maybe three or four years ago, we we're kind of like, okay, there's something to this because our three eldest are married and the, their spouses are all missionaries. And I mean, professional missionaries, we all live by Providence. Um, there's no big money account that's, you know, feeding money to Renier children to become missionaries. <laughs> like we're all going to <laughs> finding that money through, you know, God's people to support our ministry. So they're all like invested in this mission and our two youngest are really into it as well. So we came back to the family and said, okay, what did we do right? If we did anything right, what did we do that helped you guys to make such good choices in life? And so this book is rooted out of family conversation in that living room. How, how did things go well? We just unpacked it and unpacked it with a, a lot of bacon and pancakes, you know, to make Sundays even more interesting. <laughs> and then just figured out like, what are those patterns? What are the principles? Because it's not just how we did it. People want to know how we did it. So we tried to explain it, but we wanted to, figure out the the underlying principle, the philosophies that were there, because every family is going to have their own things that are going to, to, to work because everybody's unique. Every chapter has something written by every person in the family. So it's, oh, cool. it's an interesting read because there's a lot of voices and perspectives. We've been asked many times, you know, okay, what would be, you know, because they're in a panic state, you know, what do I do with my children? What's the most important thing that you need to do uh, that we need to do? And I actually, my response is, there's not one thing. Uh, it's actually a, a package, you know. There's there's many dimensions to it. Like Anja has said, some people are going to do it a little differently, but the principles are kind of universal and, and rock solid, you know. 
Um, and so, yeah, it's the book is trying to communicate that it's it's a bunch of things that play a role in raising your children. But I, I want to make one point, um, which it fits with, um, you know, who we are as missionaries with Catholic Christian Outreach, that we wanted our children from the very first, when they were growing up, that they are missionary also. It wasn't just Angers and I, professional missionaries, you know, on campus, but we are a, a missionary family. And if we're a missionary family, if you're a missionary, you need to recognize that you have a role to play in the world. We shouldn't see the world as something that we should be afraid of and kind of, you know, hide from, but we, we want to prepare our children to be mobilizers in the world, the influencers in the world. So the, you know, they shouldn't be afraid that actually they should be very courageous in going out. Well, that disposition gave them a fascination, uh, um, a sense of um, confidence in their faith that it was not something that was a strength builder, but it was something that, that it was a force to be reckoned with, if you will. So there is a confidence about being Catholic our children grew up with. Um, and today we're seeing the results of that. So he- here we are talking about you guys who have who have uh, started a great ministry. I haven't started a great ministry, but I've started a ministry. Your parents, I'm parents. There's one outsider in this conversation, and that's the priest. <laughs> <laughs> I love your outfit. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Predictable. Yeah. Well, you'd be surprised. A lot of times I'm wearing casual clothes when I record with okay, Taylor, okay. but I got dressed up today because um, I'm running from priestly thing to priestly thing today. But anyway, so I, I'm I'm curious because uh, professional ministry it's not it's not like a a regular job. I mean, there are some things that are analogous to it. But did you ever run into difficulties? You both being in the same ministry, did you see advantages or disadvantages to you know both of you being in the same ministry? Was it ever tough to like turn it off at home or like what was your experience with that being a couple in ministry? It's just kind of homogenous. It's there, and so like I mean, we are talking to you on our vacation. Uh, we can't go anywhere. It's staycation, so everybody's literally <laughs> outside in the backyard. Um, but we're doing ministry right now. Like we're, we're having the conversation We're we do what we need to do. And it's, I mean, at times we have to put up boundaries and say, okay, like this, this is where family life has to, you know, be preserved. Mm-hmm. Uh, we made a lot of those decisions actually through, um, most of the time me covering the family, like letting Andre go, he's the extrovert. So like go speak, influence, wear your shirts, you know, do your thing. <laughs> Um, and, and I kept the home fires burning um, a lot of the time. So now as the kids are getting older, like we're, we're able to balance that out. But the kids have always been very aware of everything that's happening in our movement. And they've overheard the conversations. And it's fascinating for them because there's always something new and exciting happening and uh, things that the Holy Spirit is opening up. So they lived in that fascination of what's God going to do next, I think, just as being little kids running around. And meeting awesome people. I mean, the people that come through our doors are always around the age of 20, and they're awesome. You know, like, they're just such good role models that living a life as a missionary family has really been a blessing for our kids to have those awesome people around, priests included. Yeah. Now, the principle in the book is that it takes a village to raise a family. You know, we found um, that, and I think this is a good psychology when you're raising your children, is that... Children are always looking to the, the, you know, a 10-year-old is looking to a 12-year-old learning how to behave. Um, and so they, they had a mental image already, um, a kind of an, an imagination of kind of what they want, who they want to be. 
already as they're going through their teens, they, they saw the role models and they wanted to be like them. They're cool. They're, they're, um, you know, athletic, they were just good looking, they're that everything that, you know, these young people were bringing in. And so they, they knew that that's where they wanted to go. And so there wasn't, a, a, you know, a, a difficulty, a, an inside struggle of, okay, this is not relevant and I'm not fitting in. No, they, they knew what they wanted because they saw it, not in us, but in the people around us. Yeah. Um, and that's, to to me, key why youth ministry, what you're doing is so important. And the role of the priest is so important because we had great priests that also became the great role models in our house. We'd come and we'd enjoy ourselves. You know, they'd come and we'd just be silly and, and you know, it's a time for the priest to kind of let go. Well, this, this kind of was rooted in the minds and hearts of our children. And um, it gave a freedom to their expression of faith, right? A freedom and and these positive role models. So, yeah, we really enjoyed having ministry as our lifestyle because it has been a lifestyle. Oh, to be 20 and cool and athletic and a good role model for young people again. Uh, those were the days. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the last thing that I wanted to ask you guys was, uh, like, I think the thing that fascinated me the most, because I, I, I knew of you, uh, but the fact that, that your kids were – involved in the book, not just the subject, but also the some of the authors, right? So was there anything that they said that surprised y'all? If not, was there anything like really interesting that they brought up that you wouldn't have thought of? Something that struck me when we discussed it was um, my oldest daughter, who we had given permission to date in grade 11. Yeah, it was a kind of a long band-aid getting pulled off with her and this guy. And um, we thought we were being really mature by giving her the freedom to choose this relationship and it seemed important to her. So we kind of let her do it. And she, she said, you guys should have stepped in. You should have stopped it. You, mm. I was begging for you on the inside for you to have boundaries, but you gave me the freedom I didn't want to have yet. Mm. I actually wanted you guys to say, you're not allowed to date. So we would have never read that from what, you know, what her body language or what everybody else was saying. But yeah, in the end it was a disaster relationship and she regrets it. And she's like, yeah, like I really was asking mm. So it, it gives us courage because our youngest two are, are girls. So, you know, that, that's always like um, <laughs> you want to protect your daughters in that particular way. So it was really good advice to hear from her as now a mom of three saying, I, I needed more from you at that time. Not a lot was surprising because it was our story together. So mm-hmm. nobody, you know, said, hey, and by the way, you know, um, this and we're going, what? Where'd this come from? No, we actually have talked about it. We lived it. You know, it was it was like we were kind of sharing in it. Um, but I will say this: that what became clear is that the, the the gifting of each of the children came out in you know some were uh, you know really disciplined uh, in moving the project forward. Others were great writers. Others had good insight on credibility once it's done and and formatting and you know. To me, that was what it was exciting. It was that gifting was natural. Gifting was um, kind of coming to the top, and we're, we we could see it in how there's you know what they're saying and, and how they're responding to the 
the task. Well, this has really been a privilege for me to talk to you guys because I've looked up to to you and the work of CCO for for so long uh, in my ministry career, if you want to call it that. You know, it, it just in the for the last decade. So uh, I, I want to thank you guys for coming on. I want people to go check out the book Brick by Brick: Building a Strong Family That Won't Lose Their Faith in a Secular Culture. It's from Sophia Institute Press. The links are in the bio. You can find them wherever fine books are sold. Um, but I want people to continue to 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 learn to learn from you guys and grow with you guys uh, as I've been able to from afar. Uh, about as far as you can get here in America from where you guys are. Uh, but how can people stay connected with you guys and continue to grow with you? Yeah, so our our ministry, CCO, is www.cco.ca. So CA for Canada. And uh, you can find a lot of things there. And then we're also just launching an Instagram account about the family and the book. Um, I, think our, I think our handle is renier.family. Or it's brick by brick. I can't remember. We've been arguing about how to label it <laughs> last week. <laughs> I'll find it and link it down in yeah. the show notes. <laughs> so that's where we are. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. Um, I, I really appreciated the time getting to getting to talk to y'all. And again, I, I got I'll I'll put the link to your book. But Andre, you got to send me the link to that shirt. I want to get one myself. <laughs> God bless you guys. Thanks so God much for spending some time with us here uh, on your summer vacation. Take care. We're having a lot of fun with this whole YouTube thing. If you're currently watching on YouTube, congratulations. You get to see my beautiful face and suffer through looking at Liv. Uh, or vice versa, however you however you feel about that. Uh, but if you are not watching on YouTube, uh, you can start watching on YouTube. If you are watching on YouTube, uh, go ahead and hit that like button. Hit the subscribe. I think you're supposed to, I'm supposed to say hit a bell or something. Just subscribe. It's not that hard. Uh, go and do that. Even if you're just listening on the audio, we're trying to grow this YouTube thing. So even if you're like, I'm never going to watch that because I don't want to look at Taylor. I'd rather just listen to him. And even that's kind of suffering. Uh, go ahead. Just, just go to Forte Catholic. Hit subscribe. You don't ever have to watch. Uh, it would just be very helpful. Thank you. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Schroll, and we can't let it go unnoticed. I know that this won't mean much for the podcast and radio audience, but behind Father Anthony the whole time has been a Forte Catholic hat on his bookshelf. (laughs) And I don't understand why it's on your bookshelf. (laughs) It was just a little little Easter egg there for anybody who watches the show on on, uh, YouTube. Also, fun, if we ever do another live uh, version of my podcast, I'm going to keep the hat there. As a little product placement for you, because I care about you. I care about your success. I like what you're doing. I support it. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. By the way, you said that you were going to invite me on, clearly speaking, this summer, and summer's almost over. <laughs> yeah, well, guess what? A lot of things happened this summer we weren't expecting, Taylor, so I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about some happy things? Heck yes. Okay, so uh, the other day I was watching Friends. Oh, I thought you were talking about happy things, not Oh, you don't like overrated, friends. not overrated things. Yeah. I, I think it's overrated, but it's still good. Just like the Beatles. They're overrated, but they're still good. I actually haven't watched a lot of friends by like hating on it because it makes people mad. Okay, good. Uh that's healthy. Uh right? so I, I started watching Friends all the way through on Netflix. Mm. And then right when I got to season six, they pulled it off of Netflix. I'm like, well, yeah. that's I don't I, I like my number one thing 
on uh, on uh, Strengths Finder. Have you ever done the Strengths Finder test? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My number one is Achiever. I need to achieve things. Yeah, And I they took that. that away from me. <laughs> <laughs> I must complete watching the show. And then three months later, four months later, uh, there's this thing called HBO Max. And like every good person, I just have my friend's passwords for all of these things. So Beautiful. I logged into HBO Max and I started watching Friends again. And... Somewhere in season six, this all happens in the 90s, yes? You were alive then. I was alive then. Yes, technically. And I, uh, I saw a book on a bookshelf in the show, and this book was called Chicken Soup for the Soul. Man, yeah. And it's so 90s. So you were like, I was a huge fan of these books. I would read them on the toilet, like all of my like young preteen and teenage years. That's, <laughs> that's, 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 where the, that's where the Chicken Soup for the Soul happened. Um, and- did you have a relationship with the Chicken Soup for the Soul books? I'll be real honest. You know, I mean, those books were like really popular growing up. And I just always assumed, even as a kid, they were for like, you know, sad wine moms who needed a little emotional pick me up. So I never, I never read them. Wow. I don't know what that yeah. says about either of us. <laughs> Taylor was like, I want to be happy. And I was like, I like being sad. <laughs> we were both sad, but. <laughs> I can trick myself for a few minutes by reading by reading this book. So uh, for those of you not bored before the year of our Lord, 1984, <laughs> uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul, there's just these, these happy stories. Uh, uh, very inspirational. Sometimes they were tear jerking. Sometimes they were just just lovely and nice little stories. Um, and I was so I was watching Friends, and I tweeted out on the old Twitter. I said, "Bring back Chicken Soup for the Soul," because I don't know about you, but as you mentioned, many things unexpected have happened this summer and before. Uh, and like the whole goal of this show is to bring the joy of the gospel, and mm. I feel like. Uh, those two things, joy and the gospel, are two very much needed things <laughs> in the last few months. And some people have I been agree. very kind and have reached out and been like, hey, thanks for still doing the show even when things are hard. And I'm like, I'm not doing one last week. That's how I responded to that. But uh, people have been responding to this. And then a lot of people were like responding to the to the chicken soup for the, the soul thing. And uh, one of my friends, Matt Nelson, he replied to the tweet saying uh, – there needs to be a Forte Catholic podcast spinoff called Chicken Soup for the Shroll. <laughs> See, I imagine like this weird ASMR podcast where all, all you do is like you slur you eat chicken soup into the microphone for 20 minutes. It's just you doing that. Yeah, those are the types of podcasts you create. Mine are very different. <laughs> uh, so... I was like, okay, like, I, honestly, like, ever since I started doing Forte Catholic full-time, I've been thinking about doing another podcast. I didn't know what it was. I was like, I haven't even hit, like, the dreaming stage of the ministry yet. Like, I've just been, like, I'm doing the things that need to be done, right? Yeah. My show, producing other people's shows, transferring donors over from 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 a blaze over to Forte Catholic. Like, it's just, just been, like, life's been a mess, right? So I've only been able to do, like, the things that I need to do each day. Not really dream or think or cre- create, be creative and all of these things. So... I was like, I, I want to do another podcast, but I don't know what it's going to be. Is it going to mm. be what like my other passions, sports or video games? Like, what, what's it going to be? And I think this might be it <laughs> because it still fits with the joy thing. And yeah. I think it would just be stories, not necessarily about faith, right? Which is why it wouldn't be on the show. But I was like, I don't want to just do this. I want to try it out. So it's not going to be its own show for a while. 
But we are going to do a segment uh, here on cool, the show cool. called Chicken yeah. Soup for the Shroll. We'll do it a couple times <laughs> and see what people think. The whole point is you know, heartwarming stories, p- th- just things to bring us joy. So we can't start this any other way mm-hmm. than by reading one of the short stories from Chicken Soup for the Soul Go for from it. the year 1994. Are you allowed to do that? Is that legal? I, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> cool, cool. They could tell me that I can't after, but they can't stop me right now. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's true. A college professor had his sociology class go into Baltimore slums to get case histories of 200 young boys. They were asked to write an evaluation of each boy's future. In every case, the students wrote, he hasn't got a chance. 25 years later, another sociology professor came across the earlier study. He had his students follow up on the project to see what happened to those boys. With the exception of 20 boys who had moved away or passed away, the students learned that 176 of the remaining 180 had achieved more ordinary success as lawyers, doctors, and businessmen. The professor was astounded and decided to pursue the, pursue the, pursue the matter further. Fortunately, all the men were in one area, and he was able to ask each one, how do you account for your success? In each case, the reply was, was with feeling, there was a teacher. The teacher was still alive, so he sought her out and asked the old but still alert lady what magic formula she had used to pull these boys out of the slums into a successful achieve, into a successful achievement. The teacher's eyes sparkled and her lips broke into a gentle smile. It's really very simple, she said. I loved those boys. Oh, doesn't that oh, make your little nice. heart feel things? Like yeah. I just got I just got goose pimples. This is the second time today I've got goosebumps. Aww, it's like just it's just so sweet. Like uh, so. Your little heart stirred, and I saw it in your little eye, your little mm-hmm. dead eyes that uh, from the the boy in the nineteen in nineteen ninety four that wanted to be sad. You just yeah. you just felt happy after that story. Why did you feel happy? because uh, it's you know <laughs> there's something simple about it, but something true and pure about it. And who I mean, it's neat because that little old lady who was like a teacher. In a lot of times, the world would see that as a small thing, being right. a teacher, but uh, to see the profound impact just by showing people that you really care about them. I like that. Yeah, it's interesting. And it's interesting that, that like, I didn't even really plan putting this segment with uh, our conversation with the Reniers a second ago, but, like, that's essentially what they were doing. There is no magic yeah. formula. They love yeah. their kids, and they sought Jesus with them, you know? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I thought that was pretty cool. And, and like, ironically enough, it, it made me think of another story. So I, I, I've sh- I think I've shared before um, that one of the things that I've been doing uh, is watching a lot of, like, uh, singing shows, like or, or like talent shows, musicals. Right? Oh, yeah. singing like like yeah, singing yeah, yeah, yeah. talent shows. Like yeah. a, a American Idol, The Voice, um, uh, America's Got Talent, Britain's Got Talent, Australia's Got Talent, Sweden's Got Talent, Slovakia's Got Talent. Like I've been watching. There, there. Some of those are fake. Some of them are real. Like there are so <laughs> many Got Talent shows. Um, well, I mean, like does Australia Got Talent? Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Doubt. They doubt. do. Uh, Father Rob Gallia was actually on that show. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Father Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just won that argument, actually. He definitely did. He's very talented. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the reasons is because like, I was so dead inside for such a long time at the beginning of the quarantine and my life fell apart, all those things that we've discussed at length on the show. But I, I like one of the things I, 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 I like, obviously like the musician in me likes the music and the talent, but like really why I watch those shows is like hearing the stories and watching people succeed. Like people achieving their dreams is big for me. Like, because I'm an achiever and I want to achieve my dreams and I often can't. So watching other people do, it's the next best thing. So, uh, I was watching an episode that actually reminded me a lot of this story. Uh, Terry Crews, like the biggest man alive, right? 
he's awesome. Yeah. He's so large. He's such a yes. large man. Uh, did you ever see the video? It's a different video, but the video of him playing the drum set by just flexing his muscles. <laughs> yes. Yes. Was that Old Spice commercial? <laughs> they just connected him to like nodes and he would flex and played the drum set better than most drummers. Um, that Terry Crews. So. You know how uh, uh, America's Got Talent works, right? So there's four judges. Yeah. They can buzz you off. Like if you're really bad, they can buzz you off. And then after the after the performance, they they can they they all talk to you, and then they vote. Does this person get to go through? Right at the beginning stages. Mm-hmm. But there's this thing called the golden buzzer. Have you ever watched the golden buzzer? Yes. Boy, the feelings. Every mm-hmm. every time that golden buzzer hits and it goes into slow mo and the confetti and they're playing like Sarah McLaughlin or I will remember. Like they're playing yeah, yeah. something like that, and you're just like, <laughs> "Well, that happened." And this was this was one of my favorite ones. So, uh, all the judges, it's it's this all all black choir from I think it's I think it's in the same city. I think they were from it was either Detroit or Chicago. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what you know, big big large city, all black choir, and and the choir director. And he's like, "I've been the director of this choir for 20 years, and like I really just started it as a way to keep these kids off the streets because it wasn't in one of the best areas of of one of those cities." And uh, uh, so they perform and they're just phenomenal. They're they're a, a choir. They're tremendous. There's so much talent in these l- young kids, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they're asked that the, they're interviewing at the end, and all four of the judges are you know are just they're just talking about how great they were and all of these things, and then. Uh, they get to the end where they're about to vote and Terry Crews walks out onto the stage. He's like, wait, wait, wait. And there's tears in his eyes. And and he's like, I guess got goosebumps again. There's tears in this large, large, large man's eyes. And I grew up like <laughs> ma- crying is not manly, right? right like, I just right. started crying like three years ago. So 20, mm-hmm. 27 years of no crying. And then I, you know, <laughs> and I, I see Terry Crews and he comes out with tears in his eyes. He's like, wait, wait, wait. I just want to stop you. Like these kids are me. Like he grew up. 10, 15 minutes from where they grew up. He grew up in the not good part of town. And he's like, all of these kids have this choir director who cares about them. That's how I got out. I had one person that cared about me, believed in me. And that's why I am the man today. That's why, you know, he didn't say this, but it's why he got successful. It's why he is Terry Crews, right? Yeah. yeah. And so he walks over with tears in his eyes and he slams the golden buzzer. And at this point, I'm just like, ah! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. It was great. Wow. It was really good. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. feeling feelings is good. And yeah, Yeah. just just those little stories, especially like in times where like, I mean, it was in a time where I felt down and I needed, I needed a joy and I wanted to find Mm -hmm. the joy. So, um, I didn't leave much time for your story. <laughs> How much time did you leave? Like a minute. <laughs> okay, real quick. I had messed up and was like late for a daily mass. and uh, But we got the mass done on time and everything. I started late. Then next Sunday, I say mass, do my thing. And this lady comes up to me and just like reams me out. And I'm very, you know, pastoral. Like, oh, yeah, I'm this sorry. is a very joyful story. Thanks for sharing. Right, right, right. <laughs> so this happens. And I try to work with her and I try it, but she wasn't hearing any of it. She didn't want to hear my apology. And it just like ruined my day, right? The next Monday, I get a phone call and someone's on the other end and he says, I want to talk to you about Mass Sunday. And I was like, oh, man, here we go again. What did I mess up? What did I screw up? And he said, hey, I just wanted to let you know that I, I love your preaching. I love the way you say Mass. And I was in the back of the church and I saw some lady getting really upset with you. But I want you to know that we love you here at the parish and we're so glad that you're here. And never in my life has somebody called the parish just to say something nice to me. (laughs) 
<laughs> Never. Like I was so I it, it meant so much to me. I started just going around to the rest of the staff. And I was like, this person called to say something nice to me. That never happens to me. Like people will say nice things, but like the fact that he went out of his way, not to send an email, but to call me uh, was amazing. I still think about that whenever I get bummed out. It's like people do appreciate it. So the fact that he went that extra mile for that call uh, made meant the world to me. That's beautiful. You did very well. Guys, let us know what you think about the chicken soup for the troll segment. And also, the, the, you have two homeworks. One, let us know how the segment went. And two, everyone look up Father Anthony Sharapa, call his parish, and say something nice about him this week. <laughs> don't that's do that. That's don't all do we that, have. No, I love no, you guys. No. I'll be back next week. Say it. Thank you guys for listening to today's show. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you haven't been listening over the last few weeks, uh, one of the themes has been uh, me sharing about how I now work for Forte Catholic full-time. ForteCatholic.com, as you can see, all the stuff that we are doing there other than just the show. Um, but uh, what's really been cool is to see how many people have been generous in, in supporting this mission. We are now a nonprofit 501c3, so uh, any donation is tax-deductible. And this is how we run everything at Forte Catholic. It's how I feed my family. So I would desperately... <laughs> desperately <laughs> I'm coming off as desperate I, I would love to have your support um, it would be absolutely tremendous fortecatholic.com slash donate is the way that you can do that if you'd rather do it on Patreon you can support over on patreon.com slash fortecatholic um, or you can buy some merch fortecatholic.com slash store that's all the shilling goodbye <laughs>